I really was so happy with how the uh, inside pad workout on that awesome rig that you were talking about uh, ended up looking for all divisions, team, partner. Um, it just, it was so cool with the tag outs, the, even the way, talking about little details, the athletes were stationed behind the rig facing the crowd and they had to do their work facing, facing the crowd, the crowd. Yep. and i think that just adds to the allure of just how cool that inside pad was a lot of little cool things and i think when we go back to the drawing board and we start talking about next year you know this layout worked really well mm-hmm. and 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 i think we'll we'll definitely take a lot from it and if anything just add some cool components to yeah. it you know the the c4 the building better people podcast presented by c4 on the go All right, let's do it, guys. Let's do it. Hey, what uh, what I thought we'd do today, um, Charlie, and we have Josh here. Um, I thought we'd debrief the uh, BCS Josh Classic. Godinez. Josh Godinez is here. The Josh Godinez. Would you like to say hello? Hello. All right. He's a man. He's he, he's man of very few words. All right. Um, and I thought we'd debrief kind of the BCS Classic. We just held it on Saturday. It was a great event, and um, and really kind of go over maybe some best practices, maybe be a little transparent, talk about some lessons learned, and um, and really kind of pick that apart for the next thirty minutes if yeah, that works. Yeah, I think uh, first anybody who participated, uh, anybody who volunteered, anybody who's listening, who was a part of the event, we just want to start by saying thank you. Uh, thanks for making it possible to to put on an event. And uh, we are definitely um, just super grateful for all of you. So I just want to awesome. preface yep. that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Was, uh, it definitely was a great event. Um, and let's just kind of jump into it. I think the first thing we talk about is really why you put the event on and why everybody was coming out. And, 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 and the reason is everybody came to see the Masters, Master, Masters Male Male competition. I mean, I think we can all just start there and talk we about that. We all know that the C in BCS Classic stands for Chris. That's right. That's, that's right. That's, <laughs> no, okay, guys. In all seriousness, I just kind of got some topics I want to hit. And, and, and I'm going to start with the first one because for me, I will tell you that this seemed to be, out of all the BCS classes I've been to, this for me was was where the game got stepped up and I talked to you a little bit about Charlie Dern and I thought the atmosphere was just different this year. And when I say that, I, I think that in previous years it came off like a big local competition, right? It's you know a bunch of guys, a bunch of guys and girls like doing CrossFit and go. This year, and I don't know if it was just me or the way it was set up or, you know, you got that vision when we went to the games together, but it seemed to me like a smaller regionals event type uh, atmosphere where, you know, you've got the C4 being given out, you've got you had the barricades and the different pads. So talk to me a little bit about that if, that, if that was something you guys had planned out or did you, you really pay attention to the atmosphere this year? Yeah, I think so. You know, there was a lot of that trip, I would say, that kind of allowed me to come back and feel like I wanted to make, and I shared this with you when we were in Madison, man, like I need to be here every year simply for the fact to increase my own vision of what is possible for the BCS Classic. Mm -hmm. And so I think putting yourself in an environment um, to see something that's ran, you know, let's be honest, like as good as it gets is is almost necessary at times it'd be the equivalent of you and when you watch the masters athletes competing at the games it gave you a vision of like man you know these guys i'm watching with my own eyes you know i can be there i can do this too 
Um, so I think that that had a lot to do with just the visual side of it. You know, the banners were something that I, ever since I came back from that event, I really wanted to have C4 branded and, and Extend branded way more than it's ever been before. And one of the things that I did whenever I came back was Lindsay Turner, who might be listening to the podcast, um, she is from their marketing team, and uh, which is based out of Austin. And her and I, she was in in Madison as well, mm-hmm. and she was at that workout. She was putting, she was the one putting on that C four workout at that yep. CrossFit gym we yep, went sure, to. Yep. And you know, I, visiting with her and telling her, you know, what I really wanted out of this year's event was for C four extend to be branded very well. And so we started talking, you know, as soon as I got back from the games about using like the banners of Brooke and Matt that were very largely displayed in the gym along with the other C4 banner about doing bike racks or barricades like we had with banners on them, you know, going back and forth and then having this pattern, right? Because um, we also want to brand our event, which is BCS Classic, that partners with those companies and having the C4 setup that they used in Madison as well. And so we did a lot of conversations and we also walked through the entire space about seven weeks prior to the event mm-hmm. and we actually started talking about this is how we want this to look this is how we want that to look this is how the, now originally we were walking through the football field mm-hmm. thinking we we're going to use that and so that was really i think key on a visual perspective just to have the athletes feel and that's the stuff that probably could have could we have done without the banners the barricades the signage and the graphics in the c4 stand Probably, but it's those little things that is what you're kind of describing in yeah. terms of the visual feel, and you can't necessarily put your hand on it. And then that's where it was really cool coming back, and like Scott was a huge help. Um, mm-hmm. Well, Scott got us all those barricades to yep. begin with yep. at, from Texas A&M, yep. and uh, him helping, you know, as well as like thinking through the logistics and the layout and looking at you know especially when we ended up switching pads last sure. minute just because of the the rain and the weather and and then i felt like the the turf you know workout the one over there with the rowing indoors yep. man it like from a from an aesthetic perspective okay mm-hmm. it looked really cool i yeah. actually liked how i mean again i'm paying attention to the little details but how the barricades were actually diamond shaped yeah you know, so spectators mm-hmm. could look in one mm-hmm. side and then the other, mm-hmm. and then you had the barricades across the back with the banners and the barricades blocking off the athlete warm-up area mm-hmm. with the banners, and almost like this inside, like kind of feel like, man, I'm I'm really cooped up, but I'm also kind of, you know, in this mm-hmm. CrossFit event that's stacked on top of another event, which is stepping, you know, feet away from the other event. So, yeah. um, I don't know if that answers your no, question. Absolutely, but. absolutely, and I think it's something. I think you hit the nail on the head. Just something you couldn't put your place. It, I knew that was a vision of yours going in to make it look like, and I, I think it's hard to put your finger on exactly what you did. I think you can talk about the things, the things you just described, but I, I think having that vision, I think you hit it out of the park. Something was different about the. Well, and when you go to the games, you know, I mean, like visually and like it looks awesome. Yeah. Like that field. Yeah. Man, that yes. field in that field is dirt. Yep. Like when that when the CrossFit games are now going on. I mean, they brought in those bleachers, they brought in the turf and every single piece of it. But man, from the American flags that they had to every detail, it is visually, and just like the the masters and teens, Mm -hmm. uh, 
I guess you could call it pad, you know, mm-hmm. that they had at the games. Mm-hmm. I mean, they kind of did the same thing, yep. you know. Yep. And so it's almost like once you see something and you see how other people are doing it, well, then it's just recreating it, right, and, and trying to get um, – and then, again, Lindsay – uh, it was just very helpful with her eyes in terms of like being able yep. to identify like okay how could this look yep. really cool like the color scheme yep. for example like uh, you know things like yep. that and I think too shout out to Jeremy Till at oh uh, man Central, huge right? shout out that rig thank you made it look another thing for atmosphere that rig you had that we got I mean that that just looked you know it's this big you know giant rig in the middle of this you know kind of the main pad and that was I mean, yeah that so was jeremy teal owns uh crossfit central downtown in austin texas and is director owner puts on the fittest experience in austin he purchased that rig it's pure strength is the name of the company that he bought it from uh, a few years ago and that's the rig that they use they actually have double the amount of rig that yeah. we use they have 20 lanes and uh man he yeah just deserves all kinds of yeah. you know I've, I've heard so many people tell me since this past weekend that that rig was so awesome yeah. so because we know the rig issues kind of in the yeah, past so we don't, it's, it's we been, don't it's, need to bring them up <laughs> no absolutely no, it was, good. It it was, was good. awesome so yep. big big huge thanks to jeremy awesome awesome kind of shifting gears now josh i want to talk to you a little bit about the programming uh you had a vision going in um, what it was going to look like had to change it a little bit, you know, kind of halfway through because of rain, and we'll kind of talk through that. But all in all, were you satisfied with how it ended up? You, obviously, you visioned it, you gave the program, and then you saw it in action. Were you happy with the way it handed, ended up? Overall, super happy. I think it ended up um, pretty close. Uh, the situation considered right, pretty close to even what I was originally intending. Obviously, uh, due to the weather, uh, for those that don't know, we moved. Uh, an entire workout that was designated an entire parking lot uh, into that space that Charlie was alluding to that where the turf was and where we had those diamond barricades uh, adjacent to the warm-up area. And then we moved the workout from a football field into a different parking lot that would be a little more accessible to the event. So we really had a lot of shift. And just through that shift alone, it changed kind of the nature of some of those events. Um, but the only one that actually changed as far as what you were doing was the a workout that was supposed to be on the football field, right? Where it's supposed to end up with an athlete or athletes lunging across the football field. Uh, what I think that did, and one thing I didn't like so much, was that workout I thought was very well balanced it, it, as originally written, sure. in that it favored a short athlete on the burpees, a short athlete on the thrusters, but then when you're walking and yeah. lunging with a barbell across yeah. the field, it's a big man's game, right? Yeah. And that's where they can stand and make up a lot of ground. And it would have been really cool to watch. What we had to do due to weather, if those don't, know, if people don't know, uh, we changed that to a stationary lunge, uh, which I still think was challenging in its own way, particularly in those partner divisions. I think that was hard um, even to go about it stationarily because you had to go maybe on one leg for multiple reps if you're trying to go faster as opposed to mm-hmm. alternating. Mm-hmm. But I still think that shifted the overall balance of the workout in favor of that shorter athlete. Mm-hmm. So I didn't like that as much. Um, but I did. I really was so happy with how the uh, inside pad workout on that awesome rig that you were talking about yeah. uh, ended up looking for all divisions, team, partner. Um, it just it was so cool with the tag outs the, even the way talking about little details the athletes were stationed behind the rig 
facing the crowd and they had to do their work facing, facing the crowd, the crowd. Yep. and i think that just adds to the allure of just how cool that yeah. inside pad was um and i think how you had bleachers there right that, yeah, that yeah, pad was stacked it was every, awesome every every team that went it was full you know standing room yeah. only for that particularly when you had the master's mill milk Mm-hmm. you know divisions but I think all other divisions as well um, yeah. one thing that I do one takeaway I took from that event right um, obviously in the program and I think we talked about this in the last podcast was we're trying to cater uh, primarily to that middle of the road athlete right the weekend warrior so mm-hmm. maybe not the tip of the sphere as far as competing is concerned right not maybe the regionals or games athletes even though they could come and have a great competition mm-hmm. I think more so we're catering to people that maybe don't get that opportunity to compete or maybe haven't explored that as much. So the program reflected that. Um, That all said, I think it was still challenging, still fun. I would have liked to have found a way uh, through the workouts to make it a little more uh, beefed up, if you will, for the teams, a little more challenging. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the partners was right where we wanted it. I think I probably could have bit off a little more of the partners, but that all said, I'm really happy to be able to say that on the programming mm-hmm. standpoint as opposed to the opposite, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh man, we gave people way too much. Than yeah, it just had. wasn't fun. People were getting yeah, injured. Yeah, safe. Yeah, right, uh, yep. I think that if you're going to have a problem, right, with programming, as far as difficulty concerned, that's where you want to be, yep. right? We could have made it a little harder. And not that I don't think it was hard. I think you still had to push mm-hmm. really hard to be the fittest team. Um, but that would be a place where I think we could improve going forward. But overall, long way to say really happy yep. with it. Let me ask you this, Josh, and Charlie and I talked about this. I get your thoughts on it. I personally, I know Charlie was too, were amazed at the weights that were getting thrown up on the row front squat. That that was, I mean, I couldn't, when I heard some of the numbers that came out, even in the Masters, you know, Joe about Masters, but even the Masters, but particularly the individual, like, were you expecting that, some of those weights to get thrown up at this time, knowing the, 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 Target population we're trying to target, right? The, the population or the general cross we're trying to target. Some of these weights were crazy. Were you expecting that? So I will say yes, but with the caveat that I was actually – I knew some of the names of people that would be coming in. And yeah. I kind of – I stay fairly in touch with what the numbers of the tip of the sphere, if you will, yeah. uh, will be in those kind of events, right? Uh, so I knew, for example, that Norboard team was going to compete, and they actually ended up winning the entire event. Mm-hmm. Um and what was their squat? What was their front I, squat? I don't know, and I don't want to misquote, but the, well over 300. Yeah, I know there was a 330, like 335 hit. Yeah, and I do know in the partner divisions, I think any competition, especially we were giving away a cash prize, which I think just adds to our event, makes it even that much more awesome. Mm-hmm. It's going to attract some really fit athletes. And so that was definitely the case. We had multiple athletes in multiple divisions in the top 50 overall in the South Central region mm-hmm. uh, this last Open, right? Mm-hmm. And that's... You start talking about top fifty over thousands in a region. I mean, that's yeah. that's talking really, really stellar, world class, even athletes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I know people like that definitely can squat well over that. But I think mm-hmm. I did. I saw. Um, I think it was maybe Orion Holmes. I might be wrong on that. Uh, but he, I think he was at three thirty and had failed something like ten pounds heavier. And I watched it in person; it was just jaw dropped. I watched a, a girl from CrossFit Addison. I don't remember her name. She competed in events for us before, mm-hmm. uh, but she hit two hundred fifty five pounds Crazy. in front of another athlete that used to coach at our gym, uh, Shelby, who I already thought was impressive. She was over two hundred pounds. Wow! And it was just it was 
insane to watch, just particularly on the female side, just how strong some of them were. One more question, and then we're going to move on from programming. So yeah. explain, explain your, because I think it was genius, explain your thought process to not allowing the squat clean to count. Because we got a lot of questions oh. on that, it, it, but I think explain that because it makes sense why you didn't allow the squat clean to count. Yeah, well, thank you for the compliment, by the way. But uh, so where my head was at with that is – I want to make sure this event, and this might even transition us into a different topic, uh, was very user-friendly from a volunteer standpoint. All of our judges were volunteers. All of um, anyone working in the pads were volunteers. Uh, and so I wanted to make sure that we made their job as easy as possible. So part of doing that on that workout with the uh, three rep max front squat from the ground, obviously we weren't going to go for racks because I think that would have been kind of chaotic as far as equipment went, and plus it made it a little cooler. Um, I think anytime you're doing any sort of cleans or front squats, particularly with some athletes that aren't as good at the squat cleans, that first rep is the most sketchy, if you will. That's the one where they're most pr- prone to have that like 90-degree parallel squat. But then if they can reset, stand at the top, and then try squatting from the top down, normally that athlete can make it a little cleaner, right? So that's really all that was, was just to make it a true three-rep effort what I think that ended up being for some athletes was four front squats. If you count the squat mm-hmm. clean, they took yep. to get it up, right? Especially those heavier athletes that we were talking, or the ones lifting heavier weights. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's kind of where my head was at. Just make it easier from a judging standpoint to kind of remove that power versus squat clean controversy you might have opened yep. the, the door for otherwise. That's great. No, that's good. I want when you explained that to me, I, I, I realized that, and that was that was good. Um, I think that was a good call there. Uh, Charlie, kind of going back to same question, but it's a little bit different than atmosphere. How were your thoughts? Were you happy? And this is the what eighth year you've done the actual venue at Nutribolt and how it's set up. So it's the same question, but it's a little bit different. Talk to me a little bit about the venue itself being at Nutribolt. What 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 were your takeaways? From yeah. That? So if anybody remembers, the first BCS Classic was at the Lincoln Center, and that was 2010. And then we actually did it there uh, four years. And then we moved it to Nutribolt in 2014 when they built their building. And so this is the fifth year that we've done it at Nutribolt. And I, I, I feel like what this what, what happened in this year's event was I think that the layout made the most sense with the space that we had. Um, you know, in years past, I think we always, and that doesn't just mean workout you know area. It also means like where we put vendors or, you know, sponsors and food and, Tents, you know. I, I mean, we're basically taking this world-class office space <laughs> and turning it into an event center. And it, it's not like we're taking, you know, a pavilion. pavilion you know, I mean, we're basically invading their home. And I mean, we turned their workout area into a ten-lane pad for, yeah. you know, three hundred plus athletes to do a workout in. And so. The gymnasium obviously has the draw because mm-hmm. it is, uh, you know, it's a basketball court. It, yeah. It's just perfect for. But at the same time, I think what was, what it was transformed into from the banners in the background and the barricades left and right and the bleachers centered in the court and the uh, right side having the athletes come in and the left side having, you know, the C four booth with carbonated drinks all day with mm-hmm. the core performance and elite massage. I feel like this was the first year that the the venue actually like we we even came out of that saying 
let's just do that again. You know, like I think this was the first time Josh wants to say something, so I'm gonna let him. Oh, I was just gonna add to that. What I think a lot of people don't know would be valuable or cool to know is that that actually wasn't even on purpose. Like that's all part of that range change, right? Which I guess yeah. I'd kind of already talked about, but um, we ended up kind of cramming everything into the Nutribolt Center and, and into that gym. We fit a mm-hmm. workout in there. We had that other parking lot workout as close to the center as we could. And I think that just contributed to the overall appeal of the event. Like it just made everything seem that much closer, that much busier. There was always something seemingly exciting going on, whether it was in the inside pad or the turf or the parking lot. And you had the vendors right there and the athlete village was kind of removed as it should be, but still close enough to feel intimate to the whole Mm -hmm. event. So I think that was something that was a mistake that ended up being awesome so i wanted to add that in no yeah and, and that's i think that's spot on it was it's always cool too how things come out sometimes yep. not on purpose but um i feel like this year the layout you know we just had a meeting right before this mm-hmm. with the team of captains or leaders that were helpful in putting on the event and that was one of the things that i had said is the layout was the best layout that we've ever had at that facility so it actually it it, it felt it was tight, but we also had a lot going on, mm-hmm. but it wasn't overcrowded in the sense of like, man, we're stacked on top of each other. Right. The flow was really nice from pad to pad. Mm-hmm. Like Josh said, the Athlete Village was a- away, but not so far away. The food truck was like perfectly positioned, so yeah. they were getting the right amount of yeah. traffic and people knew where the food was. The porter potties were out there, but again, not visually ugly in mm-hmm. our mm-hmm. you know yeah, sponsor yeah. area so it was just a lot of little cool things and i think when we go back to the drawing board and we start talking about next year you know this layout worked really well mm-hmm. and 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 i think we'll we'll definitely take a lot from it and if anything just add some cool components to yeah. it good um now you did something I, I believe you did something a little bit different this year um than the last eight years of i think I think you kind of uh, you, you gave you gave out a little bit of longer leash to people, and they actually put together a committee, right, to put this thing on, which I don't think you had previously done before. There kind of been like a right hand man who was there, but you were very much intimately involved in everything, and so you actually put together you know four or five person team, and you referenced a little bit ago. Talk talk to me a little bit about that and and the benefits of that. And oh man, that was definitely a large part of what made this event run so well. Um, and, and I'm saying from an internal perspective, like from basically behind the curtain, you know, so even people that have come to the BCS Classic now a few years um, would probably say, oh, man, that, you know, they're always on time. And they're and this was the first year that, yes, all those things were were really well done. But from behind the curtain, man, everybody owned an area for example josh who was fully in charge of events uh, in terms of workouts from the making those videos that came out from thinking through the the standards communicating that to judges and then when it came time to change the event that was josh's responsibility and he was the one that came up with the alternative and and then scott was over logistics thinking through you know how does this all piece together how where is this going to lay out what is the you know how many you know where are we going to put the mats where are we going to you know put the boxes and obviously even though one person might have an area they work together right so like josh and scott work together a lot gus was over equipment which you know anybody who comes out and sees how much we have going on there's a ton of equipment 
that's needed for that event. And not only from our gym, but we use equipment from CrossFit Obey, mm-hmm. from CrossFit, from Brenham CrossFit, and uh, Gus was able to coordinate that from getting the bleachers to setting up the rig and working with Nick, who was the uh, the guy that delivered the rig and, and built it. Um, so he was over equipment, and then Selena was over all the social media leading up to the event. So she had been in contact with all the athletes and getting a lot of their pictures up and interacting with them as well on the registration side because some of the athletes, when they were registering, they weren't being asked what size hoodie they wear, what's their partner's name, team name, etc. So she was going back and forth with a lot of athletes just on the registration standpoint. Plus, sometimes people end up wanting to switch athletes and so there's a lot of communication back and forth leading up to the day of um and in the day of you know josh was over all the pads scott was running one of the pads in the gym selena was running another pad gus was making sure there was equipment so it was when you start thinking through it and then there's george mccoy who is kind of like the the glue that holds it all together you know he's kind of got his hands in all of it he's been a part of the event and helped me for several years now um and helps a lot with the timeline. You know, in other words, how are we going to get 300 plus athletes, three workouts, and not overlap and on a schedule and letting people know when they have to be, where they have to be, and it makes sense. And so, having these people own an area of the event was by far what I would call for me the most, this was the least stressed that I've been Mm -hmm. ever in in a BCS Classic. Um, And there's a difference between, hey, you know, can you help? Or coming, like you said, in in advance, putting a committee together and saying, look, this this is what is needed. This is what I believe that you would do really well at. Would you be willing to be involved at a higher level um, in, in helping with BCS. And so that was really, I think, from an internal perspective, the most well-organized. And the only thing that now is cool is like, this is our first year of doing it together. How much better could it get yes. in the coming years now that we know, you know, it's like anything. You you work with a team. It's mm-hmm. like once you work with somebody, you're familiar with how they work and you take away certain things and you have feedback and you come but i think moving forward the bcs classic will only continue to become a better ran event simply because of that yeah so I'll, i mean i will forever go back to that yeah and i think that's a real good segue into one of my last questions here and i think it's kind of for both of you guys to answer is there any teasers or is there anything you can tell us what's the vision or you guys have you caught a vision for next year like what are we going to what what should listeners kind of be on the lookout for next year? Hey, maybe because there was rumors that there's going to be a swim in this, you know, and 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 I know that had gotten out and that kind of kind of caved there at the last minute or whatever. However, you guys decided that, but but is there anything teasers you can give the people listening? Hey, next year we're going to look at doing this, or next year be on the lookout for that. I will say right now we already know that the the our event is going to have to change in terms of the month that we run it Mm -hmm. because the open is for for what our knowledge is now going to be in october and we've always had our event in october um so i would say that we're very likely looking at early september um so that i guess that could be a teaser something different something new simply for the fact that we want to uh make sure we stay also at the right timing right so um, looking at that about a month or you know a little over a month before 
I'm going to throw this out there just because, you know, I've, I've been saying, yeah, I'm talking, yeah, I'm just saying this, but, you know, I want Brooke and Matt Frazier to be here. You know, oh. Brooke loves Matt Frazier. I think that would just. And they're definitely listening. So they're, they're listening, listening right now. <laughs> I mean, me and Matt are pretty much tied. <laughs> they're tied. Yeah. 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 I mean, so, and that is one T, by yeah, the way. Yeah, one T. Matt with one T. Exactly. And so, no, I would say that, that that's, uh, it's really awesome how this whole thing has worked out <clears throat> you know n- nine years ago so the first bcs classic 2010 this is the ninth year no one in a million years could have ever told me that we would be doing the bcs classic at this you know uh, uh, just awesome venue of this you know one of the largest really the largest pre-workout company in the world mm-hmm. supplement mm-hmm. And it's just a sport nutrition store a supplement uh, business which is so cool and they just so happen to sponsor the fittest guy in the world, right? And so there's no telling what what will become of that, you know, just because of the relationship that we have with Cellucor um, and the position they're taking in CrossFit. It's only going to continue to make our <clears throat> our event more attractive to just you know everyone that loves CrossFit just. Because, I mean, they know that, man, they're going to get treated first class. They're going to get to be at work, be able to work out at the the company. Matt Frazier was just here a month ago. Brooke Wells has been here three times. Um, so they are, it, it, they're just, those relationships are, are just strengthening as, as we continue with time. So I think that would be something that I'm going to shoot for. I just think it'd be so cool for the fans, oh, yeah. for the, for the athletes to you know maybe get to meet you know matt and yeah. brooke so and who knows yeah. anybody else that maybe by then they add because yeah. it, it would be cool if they continued to grow in the space of crossfit yeah for sure for sure uh any any thought on um any individual uh divisions next year or are you going to stick with the teams you think you know i don't know yet we're going to talk we actually just like i said had a meeting mm-hmm. before this <clears throat> and we're going to talk specifically about registration we're going to talk about Divisions. We're going to talk about what that looks like next year. <clears throat> I don't know. Maybe a three-man team is kind of again just thinking out loud. Yep, not sure. Not, not saying this isn't set in stone, but um, I know that that's something that's becoming very popular in some other uh, big competitions. So uh, I don't know if it'll if, if we'll have an individual again, but it just is going to depend on what we what comes yep. out of that meeting, what makes the most sense. No, absolutely. Good, good. I think I beat that dead horse. So last uh, last thing before before we kind of sign off here, I'd like for both of you to give me. Um, a, one best practice and if you guys don't mind being transparent one lesson learned or one thing you'd like to work on for next year for just, just one in one so one best practice one thing you would have done different if you had the opportunity only one yeah because I still got about a third of my C4 left oh yeah <laughs> we still got to hurry this thing so, okay so best practice I, I it, it goes to what we talked about just now having a team yeah. right for sure. Yep. It's almost like looking at an organization. What does the organizational chart look like? And when you run an event at the size that we're at, and I know that there's a lot bigger events out there and people doing it way more than us, but it does not make sense with one name in all of those boxes. Mm-hmm. So best practices is, you know, and, and this carries over probably into running your own box, right? Mm-hmm. Your own gym. This goes on to running any large event, you know, any organization is, you know, really putting and assembling a team of the right people who are cohesive, who are good at what they do, um, very competent in their areas is by far the best way to do it. 
and it's going to produce the best results. Lesson learned, and I'll be 100% transparent. I completely messed up on the podium with the Masters athletes by not recognizing the second and third place uh, winners of the Masters divisions. You know, I should have uh, I, sh- I should have brought those people up. I should have given them prizes and allowed them to be recognized in front of their peers. And so, wish wish I could have redone that um, because we only recognized the, or I only recognized first place. Was so. there was there a thought process at the time for that? Like, here's why we're doing it. Um, and then, you know. yeah, yeah, it was, and it was actually, you know, again, just a little bit of a miscommunication, right? Should I should have communicated? Sell everything bad. Yeah, so it was miscommunication. So, you know, if you looked at each division, right? So, if we let's just look at the scaled um, female female division. So, the scaled female female division had a certain number of of registrations. Well, we had capped that off at a specific number. We did not really care if it was female female scaled uh we'll call it under 35 mm-hmm. or female female scaled over 35 so let's just say we had 30 spots for that division 10 of them could have been masters 20 of them could have been non-masters or it could have been six of them could have been masters 24 of them could have been non-masters and in the scoring of that i had envisioned them all to be scored in the same division therefore <clears throat> your top three could have actually been a master's team right mm-hmm. sure yep well then on the podium it would have been here's your podium for the the, the scaled female female division mm-hmm. and now let me highlight and let me show you the top masters team from that division gotcha and then carrying that over to each division but Again, I don't even know if that was the right way to do it. Uh, if I could have had it to do it otherwise, mm-hmm. you know, and, and primarily the thought behind that was there was not a high level of registration in the Masters. Sure. So yeah. you had like 20 teams, for example, that were f- male, female, RX'd. 18 of those were regular, two of those were, were Masters. Yep. So again, in my head, it was let's recognize the podium top three and then here's the top performing masters team and let's recognize them but the way that the scoring was set up on the the scoring website it actually ranked the masters by themselves and it ranked the other people by themselves so that kind of completely and and again just completely transparent I didn't even know that like I didn't set up the scoring I didn't look at the scoring until yesterday morning yeah and then when i looked at the scoring i realized oh man well that's probably why everybody saw masters rank differently sure than, yep. so because if you would have seen one division just one division one with division, masters and yes masters and not, yeah, not even in there not yeah. even yeah they're yeah, all, they're all, all into one yeah. and then you, rec- you you know your podium's your top three and then hey here Here's the top masters team, and you know. So yep. again, not no, not no. saying that that's the right way, but I honestly uh, would would have done it differently, and I and I would have uh, recognized second, third. Well, place. and I think it's good the listeners know um, because I know there was some some stuff put on social media. I think it's good the listeners know like it wasn't just because we didn't want to recognize you. No, you know, it's, no. it's, it's it's it was that. So yeah, and um, and just again from my heart, man, like the last thing I ever want is somebody to walk away, sure, and and have a bad taste in their mouth. So. Um, so I, I, you know, I, I sincerely apologize to each one of those people for not giving them that recognition that yep. they deserve. Yep. Awesome, Josh. What about you? Best practice and lesson learned. 
Yeah, so starting with the best practice, I think, um, for me personally at least, uh, in what I was doing, I think it was beginning with the end in mind. And in that kind the of... The puppy reference there, I like it. Yeah, little seven habits of highly effective people, actually. all right. Go. But, but really, it, it, that was something that I kind of had to do, and I think it's something that uh, ultimately ended up really well for the event, mm-hmm. uh, to where I... And, and we had, I should say, as a team, kind of conceptualized the event and thought about what we wanted to create, who we were going after, the market we are trying to hit. Um, and by doing that and kind of defining that a little more closely, I was able to work backwards and then kind of create the workouts from there, right? Mm-hmm. I think that came out not just in the workouts, but just with the event in general and how we planned it out from volunteer standpoint to a logistical standpoint to the programming as well. Uh, so that's something I think for any BCS classic that I would ever be a part of or I know for years going forward I would think that that's going to be something they continue to do and I'm sure they've already done Uh, but that was for me probably the best practice lesson learned again I'll be totally humble and transparent like Charlie I did not um, realize just how potent um, C4 was I did not I'm not a big <laughs> caffeine guy. How many did you have? I, was, <laughs> I had 500 milligrams across oh two my and a half gosh. Oh my gosh! That's like that's like that, that's like a morning for Charlie. <laughs> Both these guys know I'm I'm not yeah. a big caffeine pre workout guy. I don't I enjoy coffee. I don't drink it regularly. Uh, so yeah, yeah, that really that powered me through a night of very uh, little sleep into the entire yes. event. And, so, and, and you, you've only slept what two hours since Friday night? I haven't night. slept yeah. since Friday night. Yeah, good. Because I've just been so jazzed on C4. It's great. Um, so oh, that's definitely a lesson learned um, and something to have in my back pocket for that's sure. That's good. Good, 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 guys. Hey, I think that's a good place to end it. Again, guys, great event. I think I speak for the majority of the people, if not all the people. Um, definitely an awesome event. Awesome to be part of. Awesome to compete in it. And awesome, awesome to watch you guys put it on and having a front row seat to that. So thank you, guys. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Chris. Thank you for tuning in today. Don't forget to subscribe to the Building Better People podcast where you will hear more stories of individuals being positively impacted by living a healthy lifestyle.